Hi, this is the podcast channel of Lighthouse Church in Ottawa, Canada. We are a family. We don't do life alone. We are about the one, each and every one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Our hope and prayer is always for life change. Here is today's message. Be blessed as you listen. Let's go straight into the word. Um, you know, we've been studying the letters, right, the epistles for for the past, I think, 15 weeks now, maybe 14 weeks, and Pastor introduced uh, the Corinthian church to us last Sunday. He spoke about the Corinthians. Um, it was a wild church, but <laughs> definitely a lot of lessons learned from that. So I'm just going to continue that conversation, you know, sticking to the book of First Corinthians, and then we will see where God takes us um, during this service today. Okay, so I start now. Um, so my wife, she, she, she watches a, a, a lot of weird shows. You know, I won't tell you all of them, but, but there's one that she watches that it, it's, it's called Married at First Sight. Yep, that's the name. They literally get married at first sight, they meet at the altar. You know, you watch it and they're like, oh, nice to meet you. My name is this. And the next thing is like, you may now kiss the bride. It's <laughs> it's interesting, but it's crazy. It's crazy, right? So uh, these are the type of shows she, she watches. Um, but towards the end of, of last year, she, she came home with this bundle of joy um, uh, that we have the privilege of taking care of. The thing about privileges is that it comes with a lot of responsibility, right? Um, I think Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. Um, but there's a, a fine print there. It makes rich, adds no sorrow, but it comes with a lot of responsibility. Um, but So yeah, she, she came in with this bundle of joy. Uh, that we've been taking care of. Uh, we do shift and, and, and all, right? Uh, I take over at around 3 a.m. Um, so during, you know, one of these shift swaps, uh, she was watching a, a documentary on, on Netflix on the Debbie Allen Dance Academy. Uh, I believe that's what it's called, Dada. Or if you're from a different part of the country, you might pronounce it a different way. And Debbie Allen is um, this Hollywood celebrity. She's, she's actually in Grey's Anatomy um, and, and some other shows. And she was talking about her dancers, right? That how her dancers are, are like athletes and, you know, they have to stay disciplined, right? And they have to stay in the game, stay in the game. So, you know, as I was watching that, uh, the topic of this sermon came to my mind, right? And I'm going to introduce that to you because I've titled today's conversation as Stay in the Race. Stay in the Race. Stay in the Race. So our text is going to be from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27, NKJV, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. I read, Paul says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Verse 26 says, therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. 
thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Okay, so last Sunday, Pastor talked about the Corinthian church, and he mentioned a, a particular um, games that they have. It's called the Ethmian game. So Paul, in this text, is referencing how seriously the Corinthians must take the discipline of their salvation, right? He alludes to these popular games. We think of it as, uh, you know, an athletic competition, like um, Pastor said, that, that happened in the Corinth every two years, right? You know, it involves competitions like we see in the Olympics today, discus, you know, javelin, running, or track. It actually included music as an, as an athletic sport. Based on Pastor's conversation uh, with us last week about the Corinthians, yeah, you, you, know, you won't be surprised that this competition was actually done only with what was under their armor. You know, that is the kind of city Corinth was, right? At Lighthouse Church, we, we talk about Jesus. Our message is always Jesus. Um, even Pastor talked about it last week. You know, some people were saying, you know, I'm with Paul, I'm with Apollos. But, you know, he said the foundation is Jesus. And, you know, if you've been at Lighthouse for, I don't know, a week, two weeks, you will know that our foundation is Jesus, our message is Jesus. So based on my understanding, you know, you can, you can break the message of Jesus into, into different broad areas. You know, this list is definitely not exhaustive. Right? But I'm just going to go through them one by one as we dive deeper into this message. So the first thing is his person, the person of Jesus. You know, this, this refers to who he was during his ministry. As an example, the Gospel of John focuses on, on Jesus as the Son of God. You know, according to John, the person of Jesus reveals the Father to the world. John, the disciple, also talked about Jesus' oneness with the Father. Right? John, John chapter 10, verse 30 says, I and my Father are one. John also talks about the unity of purpose. You know, in John chapter 5, verse 17, um, it says, But Jesus answered them, saying, My Father has been working until now, and I have been working. Jesus also described himself as I am, which, you know, made the Pharisees go wild, right? He confirming his own deity. So you can look at Jesus as his person his ministry, right? Mark focuses on Jesus as the son of David. If you remember the story of um, blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 5, you know, he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus is pressing. You can look at Jesus as the son of God. I've given an example as Jesus as the son of David. You can also talk about the second one. You can also talk about his power. We just talked about his person. You can talk about his power. Right, the Gospels, according to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, describe the raw power, the dunamis power of God. Matthew 14, verse 14 says, Jesus had compassion on them and healed them all. <laughs> There's one thing, it's, it's one thing to have compassion. It's also another thing to heal, right? Um, you can have compassion on someone, but it might not change the situation, Right? You cannot take my word for it, but even in the same Luke, 
you got to trust Dr. Luke, right? Luke chapter 5, verse 17, it says God had the power, the power to heal, right? So that's the power Jesus had to heal, to heal. TPT says, and the power of the Lord God surged through him to instantly heal. So you're talking about the raw, raw power of Jesus. So we've talked about his person and his power. I'm going to quickly talk about his promises, um, Mark 16, 17 to 18. It says, and these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out demons. Popular verse, right? But where I'm going today is his principles. His principles. His principles. Life is governed by certain principles. You know, you have to think about this. No matter how prayerful you are being or you are, if you jump from the top of, of the parliament hill, you know, I can assure you that you'll come down. It's, it's just the principle. It's the law of gravity. The principles of Jesus are evident all over the Bible. I remember in, in one of my MBA classes, my leadership class, you know, my, my professor was saying that servant leadership was, you know, first discovered by this person. I don't even remember the person's name in 18 something, right? You know, and uh, in my mind, I was like, uh, nope. It's evident in the Bible when Jesus washed the, the feet of his disciples. So the, the, the great thing about these principles is that they work for you irrespective of age, your status, your religion, your gender, or background. Right? The difference is, as believers, when we follow these principles, the promises, you know, it all points back to Jesus for us. We need to remember that God is not a respecter of person. He is a respecter of principles. Because I, I think of the story of someone like David, right? God obviously knew that Jesus will be called the son of David. So in the different things that David did, murder, adultery, you know, coordinating a census when he shouldn't have, you know, all those different examples, in my mind, Jesus could have said, Ooh, I'm going to come down in flesh and, this, and, and I'm going to be, you know, considered the son of this guy. So let me just, you know, wipe, wipe and forget about everything is done. But Psalms 89 verse 14 says righteousness and justice are his foundation. They are his foundation. They are his foundation, right? So God is not a respecter of person. He is a respecter of his principles. The good thing is that since these principles are based on the word of God, they never fail. Psalms 119 verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. These are principles that have changed and are changing, and are changing the world. So we talked about what? His person, his power, his promises, and his principles. Four things. His person, his power, his promises, and his principles. So we're going to take the next few minutes and talk about a principle Paul describes in our text. From my understanding, it's, it's the principle of self-discipline, which, for the purpose of this conversation, I will describe as the ability to, to pursue an endeavor 
despite temptations to abandon it. The ability to pursue an endeavor despite temptations to abandon it. To be quite frank, it's the ability to lead yourself before leading others. The ability to lead yourself before leading others. So, back to the title of this sermon, the title of our conversation, Stay in the Race. How do we define a race in the con context of our conversation today? I love to have, you know, these definitions so that we are both clear <laughs> on what we are talking about, right? So I've defined a race just for the purpose of this conversation as anything you're striving for or an endeavor or an effort you embark on that has a start and a finish. I'll say that again. A race is anything you're striving for. It's an endeavor or an effort you embark on that has a start and they finish. So think of it as a, as a goal, an objective, a plan, things like that. You know, I've decided to, to go back to school and, and, and study, right? Or my career, you know? So we're, it's, it's January 31st today. And <laughs> at the beginning of the year, you know, we, we have a lot of plans, objectives, you know, resolutions, and I'm not, I'm not against that, you know, uh, I'm sure everyone has great, great plans, which, which are fantastic. The, the, the question is, you know, how long do these plans usually last for? How long do they last for? How long do we stay in these plans? How long do we stick with these goals, with these objectives, right? People have different races, different plans, different objectives, like, you know, I want to be healthy this year. Um, I'm going to exercise more. I'm definitely contacting Phil Athletic or Coach Brian, you know, at the beginning of this year, and we're going to do this Zoom workout, right? You know, it's, it's well known that at the beginning of the year is, is when you see the most people at the gym, and, you know, everyone is all excited about their new goals. Some people have plans to save more. Excellent plan, excellent plan. You know, you specified an amount that you want to save by the end of the year, right? You have uh, your pre-authorized deposit plans, you know, I want to save this amount bi-weekly, right? Or some people want to give more. That is a fantastic plan. Um, that is an excellent plan. Don't be scared. I'm not asking for <laughs> any seed or any offering. Um, I'm not the pastor of the church, so I can talk about things like this freely. <laughs> um, but, you know, you have plans to give more. And, and giving is not, this is obviously not limited to the church, right? It might be a charity, passion, world vision. Um, you know, there's a lot of them out there that you just want to sow into this year. That's an excellent plan. You can also be, you know, spiritual, which you should be. I want to pray more. That is a fantastic plan. I want to study the word more. I want to finish studying the Bible this year or maybe in 90 days, you know, things like that. I want to fast half of the year. So I don't even want to eat this year. Just no breakfast for me this year. You know, th plans like that, fantastic, fantastic plans. Um, I pray that God gives you the grace for every plan that he has put in your heart this year. Another race could be <laughs> being under authority. You know, let, let, maybe I should preach to myself for, 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 for a minute here. 
your race might just be being under authority, a particular job um, that you are in right now that you know God wants you to be. He just wants you to stay under that authority for a period of time, right? For a period of time, for some lessons. Or it might even be your team leader, your dream team leader, just being under authority. The, the good thing is that all our dream team leaders and members are fantastic people. So that shouldn't be a problem. So staying, staying under authority. But the thing is, like, all these plans are fantastic. They're fantastic, but usually reality sets in. Maybe because your goals weren't smart, not you, the goals, right? They weren't specific, they weren't measurable, attainable, uh, they weren't relevant, they weren't time-based. Um, maybe you overestimated yourself, thought you could, you know, fast half of the year, right? But <laughs> breakfast is good. Or, as we say, life happened. And life does happen, right? You might have your, as an example, you might have your savings plan all set in your mind, right? And, you know, something happens. You have to pay for this. You have to pay for that. Things like that happen. So there's no doubt that we are all, we are all in a form of race. You know, whether you're aware of it or not, because I've mentioned the list now, and you might be thinking, well, none of this applied to me. But <laughs> I can assure you that, Everyone is in a form of race. We're in the race against time. That is for sure. Our destiny is a race. Uh, if you're a believer, Christianity is a race. There is no doubt about that. Or the thing is, as an example, you, you might have been in a race where the next step is always obvious, right? Is is obvious. Uh, uh, the example I think of is school. You start from grade one, the next step is grade two, grade three, you get to university first year, you know, the next step is second year, it's third year, maybe you want to do a, an internship or co-op, you know, that's the next step. Then you get to fourth year and you're thinking, oh, the next step is, you know, first semester and second semester, and you get to like second semester, March, <laughs> and you're like, okay, the next step ideally is, you know, finding a... A, a job, right? Um, or maybe you want to go to grad school. But then typically after, f after fourth year is when reality kind of sets in, right? The race becomes a bit tricky, not as obvious as it was in second year or first year when you obviously knew that the next step was going to be, you know, your subsequent years, right? So these are things to, to keep in mind, to keep in mind about. As much as we, we, we are in different races with our different plans, goals, the question is how many of us stay or even finish the race we embark on? How many of us stay or even finish the race we embark on? You know, Paul's writing in the text, uh, it's, it's incredible. You know, he's talking about winning, winning the prize and stuff. <laughs> and some of us are just thinking, I just want to finish, you know, I just want to finish. Some of us don't even finish, right? The, the, the news flash here is that you don't have a chance of, of winning if you don't stay. You don't have a chance of finishing if you don't stay in the race, right? That's why um, today I just want to focus on that, just being, staying in the race, because I think it's important. Don't get me wrong, 
going for the crown is extremely important also. Finishing the race, we will all finish our races in the mighty name of Jesus. Extremely important. There's no doubt about it. But I'm just trying to take a step back to see what is required to actually stay, to stay in the race. If we go to the scripture, there are some examples of people who did not stay in their race for different reasons, for different reasons. Uh, you look at someone like Samson. You know, Samson is unfortunately often remembered for what he might have been. Often remembered for what he might have been. You know, he had tremendous potential. His parents were, were giving a specific instruction for him. And he, the plan of God, the, the race God planned for his life was to do great work and to accomplish God's plan. You know, God gave him enormous physical strength. But unfortunately, he wasn't able to stay in that race. If you read Judges 16 from verse 4 to 21, uh, it's an incredible part of scripture. Uh, I was reading it uh, maybe a few, a few weeks ago, and I remember during our fasting and prayer, pastor was talking about recognizing the need for deliverance, right? And I, I think this part of scripture explains it so well. Just recognizing patterns, patterns. You know, the amount of times Delilah came to Samson like, oh, you don't trust me. What is the secret to your strength? You know, he gave her an example, tie me with new ropes. And then, you know, she told the Philistines, okay, he has told me the secret. Come and arrest him and whatnot. When the Philistines came, he broke it like, you know, a hard guy that he is. And then destroyed all of them. And then she came back to him again. Oh, you're lying to me. You didn't, you know, it happened three times. Talk about patterns. So that's one example. You can also look at the, the three disciples, Peter, James, and John, when, you know, they went, to, they went with Jesus to the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 26, verse 38. You know, it says, Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay. Stay here and watch with me. Stay here and watch with me. That was their specific race, their goal, their objective at that particular time, to stay here and watch with Jesus. Watch with Jesus. But in verse 40, it says, Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping, <laughs> and said to Peter, Could you not watch with me one hour? The disciples didn't have the ability to stay in that particular goal, in that particular task. That's another example. And, you know, the, the final example I have is, is obviously the children of Israel, right? Rescued um, through the hand of God from, from Egypt after being there for over 400 years. You know, but an entire generation didn't finish that race. They didn't make it to, to Jericho. Jude 5 says, but I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people, out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. So they didn't have the ability to stay in that race. Their race was to get to the promised land. An entire generation, an entire, 
an entire generation. So those are three examples of, of people in the Bible, you know, that did not stay in their race. They did not finish their race. Obviously, the, like, like I always say, the, the, the list is not exhaustive. So the question is, like, you know, boy, this is all, this is all cool. How do we stay? How do we stay in the race? That's the question. How do we stay in, stay in the race? My first point here is focus. But not just focus, focusing on the price. Focusing on the price. Not focusing on anything, focusing on the price. In any race, the price is only available after you cross the finish line. It's only available after you cross the finish line. The reason why I didn't just say focus is because <laughs> some of us, we focus on the past. We focus on, on past glories, you know. Just think about someone running a 100 meters race and, and looking back or looking at his medals. You know, it's, <laughs> there is no way, there is no way he's going to actually even, I doubt he's gonna finish, but there's no way he's gonna stay in that race. Luke 9 verse 62 says, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Is fit for the kingdom of God. I don't know if you've tried balancing on one leg before, and maybe on an edge, and maybe you're trying to do a one-leg squat, right? Usually they tell you, pick a spot on the wall and just look right at it, right? It helps your, helps your balance. It helps you to stay. I mean, we're all home right now. We, we, we can try it after the service. You know, try balancing or staying on one leg. But if you try that and you're looking around, looking left, looking right, you're definitely going to be shaky, right? There's maintaining that balance is going to be extremely difficult, if not impossible. So the first point is to focus, to focus on the price. So we're trying to answer the question, how do we stay in the race? The second point is through the help of the Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The thing about running a race is that people lose strength, they lose steam as the race goes along. Think of a, of a marathon race in the Olympics, like maybe a, a 10K, right? I believe the Olympics were supposed to happen last year in, in Tokyo. They've moved it to this year. But think of a, a 10 kilometer race. Um, typically, 20 people can start the race. Uh, you know, however, only, only like maybe 10 plus finish the race. People just typically run out of steam. You just see them drop off on the sideline. They, they don't have the ability to stay. They drop off midway through the race and things like that. So as Christians, we need to cultivate our relationship with the Holy Spirit, it is so important. I mean, we've done a handful of sermons on the Holy Spirit, so I encourage you, it's available on the app, on, on our podcast channels, to, to, to listen to them. But I'm just going to pick a bit into one of Paul's letters, uh, or I guess Paul's letter to the Ephesian church. In Ephesians 3 verse 16, he says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. We need 
strength which comes from the Holy Spirit to stay in whatever race, in whatever God-given race that we are embarking on right now. We need the strength of God. We need the strength of God. It is, it is important. Another place we can draw strength is through the revelation of the love of God. You know, think about when someone important calls you, how it lifts up your spirit, how it lifts up your spirit. Someone maybe you haven't spoken to in a while, or if someone prominent in society gives you a call or retweets you, just <laughs> think of how it lifts up your spirit. But if we have an understanding of the revelation of God's love, the God that created the heavens and the earth, the God that the, the earth is his footstool, heavens is his throne. You know, if we have that revelation, the God that says, that, that David says he is mindful of us, is mindful of us, just having that revelation of the love of God also can give us strength, can give us strength, you know, to stay, to stay in the race. I love how Paul puts it in, in 1 Corinthians 2, from verse 3 to 4. He says, I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. Only on the power of the Holy Spirit. So what Paul is essentially saying is that, you know, the, the physical things are there, persuasive speeches that you can use, nothing against it. But he's saying that rather than using his own strength, he relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need to, as a family, as a church, to cultivate that relationship, to cultivate the relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the lessons learned from, from our example from Samson is that God's strength in one area of your life does not make up for great weaknesses in other areas. It doesn't. Samson had great physical strength, but a weakness in Delilah. So that's why a cultivation of our relationship with the Holy Spirit is so critical. It's so critical. We, during the fasting, you, you know, we, we've been praying something about that the light of God will shine every area of darkness in our lives. It is such an important prayer. It is such an important prayer. That's why we need to cultivate, we need to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. My next question now is, why should we stay in the race? What is the point? You know, you might thinking, boy, yeah, yeah, you've told us how to stay in the race, but you know, why should I even stay in this race? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked. The first point, which is, might be obvious, so you can finish, so you can finish the race so you can finish the race. We can't afford to live a life of mediocrity, a life of abandoned projects. You know, it must end well. Our lives must end well. And I pray that we will finish well in the mighty name of Jesus. Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24 um, from our text, he says, run in such a way that you may obtain it. You may obtain it. 
we must finish. We must finish our God-given endeavors. We must. My second point, just moving quickly, is so you don't leave the place you belong. Um, I, I think for me, this is one of the first things you know, God told me this year. Don't leave the place you belong. And it, it became a prayer point. I don't want to leave the place I belong, the place God has put me right now. I do not want to leave that place. You know, one thing about not staying in a race is that you jump from one race to the other because we are, we are always in one race or the other, whether we know it or not, you know. I gave the example of being in a place of authority as a, as a race. I gave, I gave that example. So you might say, I don't like this church. I don't like how this pastor preaches or, or, or whatnot. And then you move over to another church and then you're in another race, in another, under another authority, and it just becomes a cycle. But you've left the place God wanted you to be for a particular season. Look at Jude 6. It says, And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Those angels, obviously, Lucifer and, and his demons now, they left the place they belonged. They left the kingdom of God. They left the heavenly place. And now the Bible says he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Don't leave the place you belong. It is important that you stay in that race. Sometimes it might feel uncomfortable. You know, sometimes it might be a stretch. Um, but <laughs> my encouragement to you today, um, from one family member to the other, don't leave. Don't leave the place you belong. That is why it is important that we stay, that we stay in our race. My final point on, on, on this question, why should we stay in the race? It's, it's not about you alone. It's not about you alone. Um, you know, pastor has preached about others, um, I think two Sundays ago now. Um, he also preached about spiritual equity. You know, spiritual equity is something that really resonates with me. Um, personally, if I'm to sum up my, 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 my God-given mandate on, on this, it's, it's to equip people for generational impact. In my mind, everything I say, um, every advice I, I give to anyone, I might not be thinking about you, just a heads up, probably thinking about your children. How does this affect the generation? How does this affect the generation? That race, that challenge that you're facing right now isn't just about you. It is for you. It is for others. It is for future generations. I'm not going to say it's not going to be about you at all. You know, the Bible says love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't say more than yourself. It says love your neighbor as yourself. I think the, the MLT as MLT version, Millennial Living Transition, has, has changed it to, to love yourself. Just simple, simple and plain. You know, love yourself. But, you know, as a family, I, I, I tend to, to have a, a personal story, story to share. But um, this one is close to me. So in 2019, I think around October, you know, I was like, I, I, I called my wife, Helen. I was like, I need to go to Nigeria. 
um, for this in December. Um, and you know, she was like, okay. So started planning that, got a ticket. Uh, I told pastor, obviously, you know, I'm heading to Nigeria for, for December. And you know, I was going for a program there. And he told me that, you know, if I'm coming as a delegate, you know, from Canada, I could get like a, a protocol badge and, and whatnot. Anyways, got to Nigeria, got to the headquarters of, of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. Um, they have a, an office called the International Office. So, so I went there, you know, I tried to get this, this protocol badge, right? Just, just because. So I, so, so, I, so I went there and, you know, I met the lady and, you know, she, <laughs> she was pretty much, you know, destroying me, right? She was like, like, how did they even let you in? How can you come in here and be shot? To be honest, I was like, I, I should have known better. You know, I should probably have worn, you know, like a traditional outfit and, you know, something. Nobody would have complained about that, you know. And I was like, you know, my pastor told me to, to come here that he, you know, he sent in my name that I would be, getting a badge, you know. <laughs> when, you, when you talk to people like that in Nigeria, you, sometimes you just have to be humble, right? So I was like, you know, I just, so I just came to collect the badge. She was like, you know, who's your pastor? Did he call me? Um, you should have called me. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't think my pastor will call you, but let me just listen. Anyways, so she just went on and on and on and on. And then she was like, you know, what's your last name? And then I told her, and then she was checking her records, right? And then she was like, what's your dad's name? I'm like, I told her. And then she was like, what's your mom's name? Um, you know, I told her too. So, and then she was like, huh? That you are so-so-and-so's son? And then she was like, come here, come here, come here. And she hugged me really tight. You know, this was pre-COVID, thankfully. And she hugged me really, really tight. You know, this woman literally went from almost encouraging my cheeks to a, to a tight hug, right? But I told her my mom's name, you know, I, and I lost my mom, I, I might have said it like eight, nine years ago. And I told her my name and that was her reaction. And she, obviously she found my name on the list and she was all, oh, I'm so sorry. Here's your card. Oh, this, you know, and all that. So in my mind, I'm just like, okay, just... Just give me my card. Let me be going, <laughs> because obviously I, I I knew why you know why I came to I, what what I came to Nigeria for. You know, as I left the room, you know, I I, I became a, a bit teary, and I was thinking, I'm like, what what did my mom? What kind of race did she run or did she stay in that could have affected this woman's life in this way? That was what I was thinking about. Like what? What did she do? This is eight, nine years after. And it got me thinking, it's not about you alone. Spiritual equity. Because that 2019 year, the, the opportunity that I got because of that card, I, I might never have it in my lifetime again. I might never have it in my lifetime again. So it was, it just got me thinking. That the race, that I'm, the challenge I'm facing, the goal I'm currently embarking on, it's not just about me. It's about my little one. It's about his little one when they come, you know. So I just want you to think about that as we are going through whatever 
challenges, whatever race we're running right now, it's not about you alone. It's not about you alone. Having said all that, we can't forget the, the most important race, the most important race of all. Back to our text, 1 Corinthians 9.25 says, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. The eternal prize. Um, it's, it's a conversation we always have to have, but the most important race of all is to make heaven. It is. It's the, it's the most important race of all. You can only stay in this race, like I said, through the help of the Holy Spirit. You know, my encouragement to you today is don't quit. Stay in the race. But the good thing is that the Bible says in Jude 24, it says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy with exceeding joy that is so refreshing with exceeding joy some of us might have started this important race i congratulate you glory to god for that but there might be you know one person one person that hasn't made that decision yet and the decision i'm talking about is to follow jesus to make him lord over your life for the rest of your life. I can promise you it's the best decision that you would ever make. You get hope, you get an inheritance, you get peace. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel. If you want to be a blessing to others, share the message. To stay connected, download our app and follow us on Instagram at Lighthouse Church Ottawa.